Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up? It's Ted. And I'm Obert. And welcome any new listeners we may have now. I think we have a few more ever since my appearance on the uh, Kirk Minahan show. So That's right. Welcome. You're hit your rocket-like trajectory into the stars. Podcast stardom. Yes. Exactly. So yeah. just want to give a quick shout out to any of those new listeners. Hi, guys. Hello. Old listeners, we don't care about you. But new <laughs> listeners, welcome. Yeah. It's always the newest person who gets the, the apple of our eye. Everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. It's not. It's not. What have you listened to me in the past? It's what have you listened to me re- recently? You know, right. like they say all the time. That is a very common saying. <laughs> yeah. I believe it was Einstein. I'm particularly impressed with the uh, with the one named B persisted who was like 20 episodes in, like three days after the podcast. So hopefully she's made it all the way back to the, to the beginning. As far as it'll go, it won't go all the way back. If you want our day one archives, email the show and we'll send you the files. But uh, that's the only way to get them. I uh, think you can actually get them from our um, Podbean I thought, page. I, th- I thought it did go all the way back. Does it not? Oh, we're gonna I have, thought we fixed gonna that have problem. Have I thought we did you, too. Oh, tell okay. you what. <laughs> Be persistent. When you get to a point where you stop, just can you, can you shoot us a message? <laughs> well, I think that's when yeah. you have to become a, a Patreon and that's where you get all the, episode, the other episodes. We shouldn't just give them away for free. We should say, if you want to hear them. You have to. You want to hear the worst episodes of the show that were ever recorded. Yeah, you got to kick a little moolah away. Um, oh, you want episode uh, one, do you? Oh boy. On microphones made out of garbage cans with string between them. <laughs> and they progressively get more expensive the further back you want to go. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, we didn't talk about that at all. How was how was that, Tud? That experience, was, the whole the whole shindig. It was very interesting. I've never been in like a professional recording area i guess you mean um, a different a different one you know outside yeah. of ours and then our very professional well i mean i wouldn't I, right I wouldn't mean our setup is very professional but like like they have like a producer booth with like a glass window and like all the recording stuff is in that room with the producer and then there's chairs and microphones and you know all the podcasting and sound deadening equipment in the room that you recorded in i was actually really surprised with you know how close the equipment we actually own is to what they use. Like the, the headphones I'm using now are the same headphones they use in the studio. So it's, it's very interesting that, you know, a lot of it, it's, it's very interesting how close the worlds are to like being like super, super professional working for Barstool Sports and being three guys who record randomly in their own homes and drink beer together. It's, it's surprising how small the gap is. Yeah. Basically we're legit is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. We are, you know, as legit of a podcast as it comes, you know, except for our producer is actually, you know, a real participant in the show. I mean, Dave Cullinane is too, but you know, Obert, you're actually like a co-host. Dave is not a co-host. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's that uncommon for people to edit their own podcasts, even at the pro, the pro level. Mm, Yeah. And you know, to the small show, Kirk Menahan, I hope, I hope it pans out for you. Like yeah, you know. Wonder if they got some new listeners. Yeah, we get, we we gave you the rub, you know. Maybe I mean <laughs> yeah. they might be getting more new listeners now because we're we hadn't mentioned it before. That until is true. Today, so that is true. Right. Yeah. We um. What what episode number date? Where, where I don't know how they do things over there. I was on the episode that happened on um May fifth, Cinco de Mayo, and it was titled "Giving In." Giving in. Giving in. All right. Well, I'll have to check it out. I knew Chris had a thing, but before we get to Chris's thing, hypothetical question for you. Would you rather 
And we don't have to get too deep into this, but would you rather buy a hazy IPA that was brewed a month ago in the store where it was kept room temperature on the shelf or a hazy IPA, the same exact beer, but three months old kept in refrigeration? Four weeks ago. I'm going to go with, I'm going to agree with Chris, the month, the month old one. On the shelf. On the shelf. But it's close, right? Normally, I think normally I go six weeks. If it's within six weeks, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, obviously fresher, fresher the better. But if I'm, if I'm dealing with a, with a, with a grocery store or something like that, who knows? Like, you know, but right. normally, normally I'm like, okay, month and a half, that's eh, not too bad. How, can but. you guarantee that that three month old beer has never been warm or are you just assuming that it's never been warm because it's currently cold? Um, I guess more the latter, but like, uh, uh, yeah, like a lot of times I think places just keep their inventory in you know, the back cooler area. And like, if you go back there to pick it out, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. You don't know when you go to the store, if it's been cold, if it stays cold. Yeah. You don't whatever. know that beer's but life. I, you can't assume it. It's true. I feel like if you are a regular places that you kind of have a good idea of how their whole refrigeration system works though. True. Did you buy one of these? Did you do this? Is this, this is a real life situation you ran into? Well, yeah. I mean, it was, we were driving to the, the packy, the bottle shop in uh, Kalispell, and I, they don't keep their beers cold there, which I'm not a big fan of. Like, I think it really degrades the hop flavor of some of these IPAs. If it's a stout, whatever, I don't care. But if it's an IPA, like, I want it to be cold. Um, I'm of the the alchemist mindset on this, but um, uh, for me, I was like, that's about equivalent. Is a 90 day old beer kept cold, IPA kept cold, versus like a 30-day-old beer that's been on the shelf since they got it in. Like, that's about where I draw the distinction of, like, this is worth buying. Now, I did buy a six-pack of Hazy IPAs brewed on 2-16-23. Um, so goes to show you how much I stuck to my limits there. <laughs> Are they still good? It's fine. I mean, it's not fresh. You can definitely tell that it's not like brewed yesterday. Now, here's a here's a question for you. Going off this, you show up to a to a bar and you know that there's a keg of a hazy IPA on tap. Obviously, it's been on tap for a month. Let's say it's been on tap for two months. Are you still drinking that? Because it's been in a keg, it hasn't been exposed. Versus versus not drinking that. So it's it's drinking it or <laughs> like a Bud Light or yeah yeah that or like like. All right, so yeah, so say there's a three-month-old Julius and a, you know, br- brand new on tap within the past two-week standard run-of-the-mill IPA, like a fresh from Alvarium. Um, what are you doing? Because the, the three-month-old beer's never touched air. It's always been cold. Yeah, but you don't, the tap lines is the big variable there. Like, how clean are the tap lines? We don't know. True. We're what talking if, what, Norwich, Norwich Bowling Alley. <laughs> What if they- I'm definitely t- taking the beer that was the furthest from those tap lines. <laughs> what if they? Cl- what if you know that they clean the tap lines every time they put a new beer on tap? So that, um, so that tap line was clean before the Julius went on, but it hasn't been clean since. I think it's about. I think it's. They both would be fine. They both would still be like 95 percent fresh. So Just so what is the life of a beers. keg? How long is a keg good for? I think it's about the same. That three month threshold where you're like okay now it's starting to degrade more obviously the fresher the better especially you know these again i don't think this applies as much to beers that aren't like hazy ipas you know 
like West Coast style or a single IPA. Yeah, some for sure. But I think that the haziness is a lot of the hop particulate, which breaks down. Interesting. I've never experienced this, by the way. So I should fully disclose that it's never a real situation. I've never seen a beer sit on a tap that long um, at any bar, really. But how would you know, right? It's not like they say like keg dot, like, you know, tapped on date at the bar yeah i would say in this situation it's a bar that you frequent like you know there's the right there's the hidden still that's not too far from me that you know they're a craft beer bar and i know generally what's on tap on their blackboard because it's there and we go there so they'll do like one keg of it and then rotate it out so you kind of know you know okay this is a new keg yeah they have 20 taps and they you know once one's gone they just put something else on it they have and just something they keep on rotating it through so now that we've gone through this hypothetical situation, what did Chris want to talk about? Oh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I was starting to tell the story before stream, before podcast. <laughs> um, I have I have a, a, a friend at work that uh, is doing something very interesting and a little creepy. Illegal. I, well, okay, so here's... here's <laughs> let, let's get into it. Let's get something into it. Something interesting and creepy. Uh-oh. This... And, and maybe illegal. Maybe illegal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, the 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 person in general, uh, the person in question, sorry, uh, is a fan of the Dune series, a, a book, the book Dune, right? Right, read, not read, written by Frank Herbert, right? So apparently, he filled me in on this backstory because I have not read the Dune series. I've heard good things, have not read it, uh, but apparently, he there's a few readings of Frank Herbert reading like chapters or excerpts from the dune books throughout the series but there's never a full recording of him reading the entire book or the entire uh, series so what he's doing what he had done is he's using an ai to and he fed them these readings of frank herbert and then is the ai is able to mimic his voice to what he says is perfectly and then is feeding them chapters of the dune book to then put together an entire audiobook read by this AI that sounds exactly like the author. So, number one, insane. <laughs> like, like, that technology is this way now, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Is, it, is Frank Herbert dead? Because I, I, yes. I don't know this. Yes, okay. he is. Yes, because that was the other that thing. That makes a difference. Good <laughs> good question. Yeah, Frank, he is dead. He is dead. So there will never be a, an original. Um, so, and then, so number one, insane. Kind of cool. Also... I have some side project ideas. A little ideas. creepy. Yeah. yeah. A little creepy, yes. Now, now mind you, he for all the for all the Frank Herbert estate people out there, he's not planning on using this for anything other than his own personal library because he loves the series. But is it Frank's voice? No. It's not Good. Frank's I mean, voice. Because I think that this is going to get into a lot of copyright things coming up in a couple of years. Because, you know, recently oh, yeah. we've seen all like the Drake songs come out where, you know, it sounds just like a Drake song, but Drake sued and it's, it gets taken down because it's not a Drake song. It's not his writing. It's not his voice. So, no, it can't be his voice. It's Well, it sounds like exactly like his voice. Though. Right. But it's an artificially generated version of his voice just because like they like they record somebody recorded a podcast of like joe rogan talking to steve jobs it's not steve jobs's voice or joe rogan's voice that did it it's a computer that's doing it so no hmm. so i'm gonna but I'm it gonna sounds like take... it sounds identical to him yes yes i guess i know i mean i'm trying to figure out where todd's coming from here because like okay hypothetical situation let's say i feed this um this ai you know <laughs> 
220 episodes of a different <laughs> shit podcast. Okay. And I use it to generate uh, Tud's voice. Not, sorry, not Tud's voice. Right, right, right. But, and then I leave like interesting voicemails for like Tud's wife's phone using <laughs> this voice. Like, is that Tud's voice or not? Because you're you, still going to get asked his wife. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not yeah, uh, honey it wasn't me it was an ai see this is this is this is how the world's going to be in a couple years where we're never going to know if somebody actually said something or not it's going to be it's going to be too close to call but it is ultimately spoofing and lying it's not really right. my voice i didn't actually say whatever obert may make me say on my wife's voicemail just like uh mr fred herbert frank 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 herbert just like frank herbert did not read all of the dune series before he died out loud. Yeah, he probably read it while he was writing it, but not to a microphone. I mean, you don't know if he read it out loud. I mean, to himself. It's true. It's true. That's true. Um, but okay, so that, so that question settled. We've decided it's not his voice. All right. So um, no matter what, what was the next part? No, that was it. That was that was it. I just thought it was really cool. It was it was really. Oh, like I thought it was going to be like, is it the right thing to do? Is it the wrong thing to do? I thought there was like more ethical questions coming up. Oh no, the the. The efficacy of it was covered with is it is it right or is it wrong? I guess like you know like well we didn't really answer that yeah I I didn't give you an answer if it's right or wrong. All right, okay. I I thought I guess legality versus ethics. Sure. All right. So what do you what do you what do you guys think about that? Like, do you think it's? I mean, okay. Let's admit it's a little creepy, right? Yeah. Just the fact that the technology exists. Yeah. Sure. Or yeah, that for sure. Now also. Uh, who wants a bunch of books read by Beer Dad? Because I'm thinking, listen, I'm just, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. We can make it happen. Uh, well, we're gonna. This yeah. is gonna be a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, um, it does it do the character voices. That's what I want to know. So, a, I don't believe it does the character voices, but it will do like it will like raise at like suspenseful, suspenseful. Like it, like there is tone changes. So like for effect so i don't know how so okay. when there's a question mark he raises his voice kind of like i'm ron right. burgundy exactly precisely yes yeah. i don't know exactly i have not played around it with it myself this was just something he told me and i was like that is number one a lot of commitment <laughs> um I, and I forgot the name of the ai i can't remember it off the top of my head but i was like damn that's crazy but yeah but yeah it, okay so right or wrong i don't think definitely blurry like definitely like not a zero or a 10 on this scale right <laughs> on a scale of zero to five <laughs> i would say that as long as he's not profiting off it there's probably nothing wrong with it because then right. you get into the situation where like you know had he not have died i don't know when he died would he have read all the dune series allowed and recorded would, yeah would this super fan have bought you know give it money to him right if he had because yeah, i, I kind of think about like when like like nirvana when kurt cobain shot himself um they ended up allegedly. releasing songs ale- yes allegedly when kurt cobain died uh they still released songs of his years later using mashed up vocals from other songs that he had done to finish up some of the lyrics that he hadn't comp- quite completed so it's basically the same like the same idea it is yeah. exactly the same idea except for it was kurt cobain's estate you know other musicians have done that as well um versus uh frank herbert's estate is not doing this it's some you know random chris Co- random chris co-worker that's doing it <laughs> yeah well okay but to your point though 
even if he were to put it up for profit, it's not it's not Frank Herbert. Yeah, I think he might. I think he would get sued by the estate of. But he would Mr. win Herbert. because it's not Frank Herbert, right? No, I think that he would be using his likeness, and so he'd have to pay the you know kind of like a um, uh, Vanilla Ice and using Under Pressure with David Bowie and Queen, where he had to give up all that royalty because he didn't pay for the royalty to use their song. I think we're definitely not experts in copyright or, you know, I mean, uh, intellectual property law. But even if it, even if he released his own audiobook with or his own version with his voice of somebody, a different author's book, like you can't just do that. True. Right. Like I think the publishing company would have something to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The better question would be, okay, what if he had... Uh, Frank Herbert read the book that he wrote you know the voice <laughs> the voice that sounded like uh, you know whoever you wanted it to sound like yeah uh, reading your own book there we go that's that's I think a little bit harder to, to resolve in court you know as long I guess as long as you're like read sort of read by an AI generated Frank Herbert <laughs> then you're okay you're good so there you go official legal legal advice everybody uh Yep. Uh, no. <laughs> the opposite of that. Yeah. Hashtag, we, not, hashtag not lawyers. Are we not allowed to... We're not allowed to say that? It's not our fault if they listen to us. As, <laughs> as the youths would say on Reddit, N-A-L. Not a lawyer. Yes. Got it. Nailed it in one. Got it in one. Well, this has definitely all been within 100% of what we normally talk about here on the podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you, know um, you know, all this AI, con- or AI conversation is making me thirsty. Yeah, all this talking about other dead people reading is making me want a beer. Same, though. Um, so who's going first? I'll go first. All right, what do you got for us this week, Ted? Now that I'm thinking about it, though, I think we need to feed this thing a couple DAWFs and have Chat GPT write an episode. <laughs> we need to have an AI make a podcast for us. Yes, yes. This, <laughs> this, this episode brought to you by the future. Ted brought it like a mixed four-pack over. <laughs> Could be an interesting episode. Yeah, uh, does okay. go hard in the paint. <laughs> so, so I've got to do a few things on this episode. Um, first of all, my keg of my beer that I brewed is finally on tap on my in my house. So I wanted to bring a little bit of that to taste that and kind of give a little bit of review of that. But this past weekend, uh, as we discussed in the last the last podcast, was the Rising Pint, and I learned that at the end of the 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 uh, beer fest. A lot of people walk around that have podcasts and they ask breweries to give them beer to drink on the podcast. So I was like, what the hell? Like, I didn't know this was That's a thing. That's me. Yeah. So I was wearing our um, our wonderful Drinking Along the Friends shirts that we wore down in Asheville to this to, to the Rising Pint. So I walked up to 12%, had a little bit of a conversation with the guys, and they gave me a four-pack uh, to bring home of different well, dang. beers. Look at that. Shoot. So... I said I would drink one on the podcast. I'd give them a shout out. I tag them. Obviously, I'm going to hold through to that. So I wanted to bring. I wanted to show what the four pack was. I'm going to have you guys pick a beer out of this four pack. Um, but I did want to give them a shout out. So thank you, twelve percent, for hooking me up. Um, you know, next year I think I need to bring like a little soft rolly cooler with me because I'm going to stock up next year. You better believe. <laughs> <laughs> and in September at uh at the Southington Beer Festival, I'm definitely going to stock up. So in my mixed four pack, I have watercolors, uh, mango, orange, guava, marshmallow, creamy by Skygazer. I have fat orange cat baby ki- baby kiwis. 
Uh, it's made with Nelson, Rawaka, Moteca, and Nelson. So it's all uh, New Zealand hops. And then I have Whiskers on Kittens, also by Fat Orange Cat, which is a collaboration between them and Von Trapp. And it's a Goza-style ale with Wachua apricot and Australian salt. And I have uh, Abomination Midnight Snack, or Tiramisu Midnight Snack, which is a beer brewed with tiramisu. Ooh, wow. Stout with marsipone, ladyfingers, whipped cream, and coffee and cacao nibs. So you also, in addition to making us decide on the beer, you have to, you're making us decide between different breweries too. Yes, that's not that's it makes it even harder. I know. to decide. I know. I was thinking. I was thinking. I was like, you said the kiwis, and I was like, oh well, you got to have that when when new tuds on the pod. Like you have to save it, but it won't be good by then. Yeah, we're gonna have to. I think we're gonna have to have her on soon, but. <laughs> I think you need to mix all four together Ooh, and review that. I'm not going to do that. I think what not, needs to happen. Not going to waste four beers. So you. I think a tiramisu uh, gosa IPA really would hit the spot. <laughs> um, yeah, because I was thinking, I was like, man, you've had you've had Skygazer on the on the pod before, obviously, and you've actually had this the, a different version of watercolors. watercolors. Yeah, yeah. So we know they're spectacular. We all know Fat Orange Cat. And then Abomination, of course, is also spectacular. But the second Fat Orange Cat with the Von Trapp, that was that was enticing to me. That piqued my interest as well because it seems like a beer we've never reviewed before. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do Whiskers on Kittens as my beer of the week. So first, let's uh let me just quickly give a little quick rundown of my IPA. Um, it's my first ever IPA that I designed from scratch. It has uh, Centennial, Mosaic, and Citra hops in it. Hang on. Centennial, Amarillo, Mosaic, and Citra hops. It was originally dry hopped with Centennial and, and Amarillo. And then we added I added in Mosaic and Citra as the secondary dry hop. Um, as you can see, it is as dank and hazy as you would expect it to be. Um, I don't think the light test is going to work on it. No. T-Rex, you're 100% safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like hiding behind a wall of a gallon of milk from a T-Rex. <laughs> um, on the nose, extremely tropical. Sm- smells like it's going to be very uh, very hoppy. I know I put a shit ton of hops in here, so I'm expecting a lot of hop bite on it. Ooh. It is, uh, it's a little bit more bitter than I expected it to be. Uh, definitely on the more bitter side. Um, more like f- like tropical bitter though i need to figure out i probably needed to add in one of those like kiwi hops from the the baby kiwis to kind of offset that with a little bit more of a like a like an earthy flavor because it's very tropical bitter Mm -hmm. not earthy bitter and i prefer earthy bitter um pretty good though but yeah this is my second creation does not have a name i just thought i'd bring it on here just to show you guys to kind of prove i can brew a beer from scratch uh well that's cool it sounds like you already are working on your second batch your improvements i am i have another uh homebrew competition coming up on july 22nd at labyrinth so any listener who wants to come labyrinth of manchester uh for their homebrew competition come on down come support me or vote against me is this a straight up homebrew or is this like uh the the they give you the wart and you dress it up again it's they give us the they give us the wart and then we dress it up Nice. Don't know what my recipe will be this year, but that is uh, that's that's what I'm doing in on July 22nd. So we'll come on see down. if it involves dried cake. Yes, <laughs> I don't think it will this year. No, it went over very well, but I can't do the same. I can't do the same shtick twice. Wait a minute. That's fair. Is it time to return to Bingo Brownie IPA? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be. 
So, uh, so uh, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Untapped, unnamed Ted beer number one. What are you giving it? So I think this is probably unnamed Ted beer like six at this point. But this is like the first, like I guess, fully from myself. I'm I'm gonna give it a three seven five. I think it was. I think it's too bitter. I think I kind of screwed up the the dry hop. I had a little bit of an issue getting this beer to pour, um, where I had to like shake the keg a lot to get like the there was I think there was a hop cake at the bottom, kind of like blocking up my uh my dip tube. So it was this was a pain in the ass to get the pour, but overall pretty. I like the mouth feel. Um, I think that was pretty good. I just think that it, it might be a little too bitter. I think some people are not gonna like this beer because it's too bitter. Would I like this beer? You would like this beer. Okay. It actually might even it actually might be too bitter for you though too. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Sounds very bitter. <laughs> Sounds like my ex-wife. Am I right? Billion IBUs. It's definitely easily over a hundred. Um, I'm hoping that as I drink the first like couple beers out of it, it'll clean out some of that hop shrub at the bottom and kind of kind of clean out the the flavor too. Because I think that's my might be what I'm running into a little bit too. So on to Whiskers on Kittens. So just as a refresher, this is the collaboration between Fat Orange Cat and Von Trapp Brewing. Von Trapp's out of Vermont somewhere. Um, yeah, it's in. Um, it's like right across the street from the Alchemist in Stowe. Okay, I was gonna say Stowe, but I didn't. I didn't actually know if I was gonna be right on that. The can is is an orange cat <laughs> in, in the Swiss Alps. With the the mountains are made out of cats as well. It's the the classic scene from a. Uh, the sound of music, it's just all done in cats. I really appreciate the uh, the grassy hill that, that the cat is on is uh, made of cat fur. Yep. So uh, this is, it's a pretty cool can. I like it a lot. Uh, this is a Goza-style ale with Wachua apricot and Aust- Austrian salt. Not Australian. Not no. Australian. Uh, brewed, brewed at 12%. It's 5% ABV. Um, Let's see, see what it looks like. So it's poured a little bit darker than my homebrew. Um, still pretty hazy for being a Goza style ale. Uh, a T Rex is not seeing you in this thing. Still, it's pretty dark and pretty murky. Head stuck around pretty good on the nose. I do get a lot of apricot smell. Um, it smells like a apricot sour. I think it might be a little sweet, especially coming from the beer that I just my my own beer to this. I think it's going to be very sweet. But let's try it out. Cheers. 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 So not as sweet as I expected it to be. Um, definitely a little bit more of a kick in the pants after uh, coming from from my bitter beer to this sour beer. Uh, it's definitely a lot more sour than it probably is supposed to be. Uh, that's why I had to take a few sips there to kind of coat my mouth with the, this current beer. A um, lot of apricot flavor. A ton of apricot flavor. And it's probably like, I would say somewhere between Granny Smith Apple and Granny Smith Apple on the sour scale. Uh, for those of you who don't know that, who are new listeners, you got to keep on going. If you want to understand that scale. Um, I don't know what Austrian salt is supposed to taste like, but sure, probably tastes like Austrian salt. Um, no, it's pretty good. Um, I think the apricot flavor is really good in inside of this Goza-style ale. I mean, I think the, you know, the sea saltness, I guess that's kind of the Austrian salt, but it kind of blends very well with the saltiness of a Goza-style. Um, it's not as salty as, like, the uh, Two Roads Goza that... We all know from like years ago, probably the first Goza that we all ever had collectively. Um, it's not as salty as that. It's a little bit more on the sour side, but really crushable. This is probably a great beer to sit outside on like a 85 degree sunny day where it's a little too hot and you need something to quench your thirst. This is a perfect beer for that. Would you say that this beer is one of your favorite things? <laughs> 
That's uh, I, I think it would be somebody's favorite thing. But it's okay. it's uh, I do like beers on hot days. I do like sour beers on That's hot true. days. That's true. So above whiskers on kittens, but below brown paper packages round, wrapped up in string. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, still above wool covered mittens. Okay, good to know. Um, uh, I'm gonna give this it's a solid four. Um, good goza. Uh, very very refreshing. Um, good beer. I think I've had better gozas, and I think I've had way worse gozas. So this is a good one, right in the middle, right down the the park von trap um i like their their pilsner style ales so you know another good brewery uh one that i haven't been to one day i'll get up to stowe and i'll go see that one there you go uh so when you have whiskers on kittens into untapped uh five other ones come up before this one and none of them have can art that is comes even close to how good fat orange cats is so um it's it's really exceptional exceptional art but you my friend, will be the 38th person to check this beer in. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Hot off the presses. I mean, it was canned on May 1st. Yeah, that's a fresh beer, all right. It's a good beer. Um, 38th person, that's that's awesome. I have no idea how to rate this. It, there was a beer festival, drunk people rating it. Um, so they had it available. I mean, obviously they didn't just bring a can just for you. They right. had it. They were pouring it there. Yeah, they were right. pouring this at the twelve. They were pouring all four of these at the twelve percent beer project table. Um, and more. Like they they pour a ton. Um, I think every brewery they they represent pours two beers. So it's a lot of beer at that table. It's only thirty seven people. Um, I'm gonna still say fat or twelve percent has hot pipe. Fat orange cat has hot pipe. People are drunk. There, yeah. When you're inebriated, you always give things higher, higher ratings than you would have if you were stone cold sober. I'm gonna say it's gonna be somewhere around me, probably not a, over a four two five. But the way I've been going recently, it probably is like a four point four. Um, but I, I'm gonna guess four point one two. No, again, thirty seven. It's pretty low, but a three point nine one. So not uh, not great on the board. Point two one off. Well, you know, That's ultimately, true. there's there's only been one check in on this mystery Tud beer, and it's the three seven five. So therefore, it's a correct one. Good luck. Um, unfortunately, we only accept one rating per per guest, and uh, it was my first one. Was, it was my first rating. You can't. You got to accept the first one. Uh, that's for the jury to decide, and by the jury I mean uh, me, the whiteboard, the whiteboard, the judge, jury, and executioner of this whiteboard. But uh, you know, your uh, your pleadings have been accepted by the court. We'll say that. Okay, I'm gonna jump right into my beer. All right, so this week I have a uh, a fun looking can from Mountains Walking. It is their Gallatin Roar, Ooh. and the reason I picked it up was because of their style. Something I think I've seen before. Thought it might be a gimmick. I don't know if it's legit, but this is a cold IPA. Um, don't think I've had a cold IPA before. I'm not really sure what they are. Aren't all IPAs cold IPAs? I don't. I think it I means know. it's brewed we'll find cold, out. like a cold brew coffee, but a cold brew beer. Well, kind of like you know how when you make like a pilsner or something like that, like the. The oh, like fermented, fermented cold. cold. Yeah, fermented cold, fermented cold. Sure. Oh, okay. I think I, I, maybe like with a kvik yeast or something. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We might cool. have to. Um, we might have to Google while you drink. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to look it up because I didn't want to, you know, maybe see an untapped rating. But um, very neat. The the, um, the can is covered in in little waves. 
uh, probably from the Gallatin River, just um, just covering this can and this this ice cold, refreshing looking IPA. 6.5 ABV. Um, crack crack it open. So apparently, it's a style of beer invented by Wife Wayfinder Beer in Portland, Oregon. It's become a craze since 2022. I haven't figured out what it is yet. But just telling you the background story. It's a I'm craze. Curious. Yeah, yeah. You, but you're 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 correct. It's a cold IPA is an IPA that is brewed with lager yeast at colder temperatures, creating a crisp, drinkable yet dot dot dot. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was ferme- It's so, fermented at a lower temperature. So it's not a Kavik yeast because Kavik's brewed hot or fermented hot. Oh, okay. Back in my day, we called these IPLs. Ooh, oh. I don't know what the difference between a cold, if a cold IPA is actually an ale or if it's a lager. Literally, right? uh, the first a cold IPA, the first result versus IPL. We're learning I've, stuff. I've got it right here. What is the difference between an, an IPA and an IPL or a cold IPA and a cold IPL? At first, the two styles may seem similar. They do to me. <laughs> um, a lot of people think that a cold IPA is an IPL, but it's not. In my mind, an IPL is like making an IPA into a lager, and that's not what this is. To me, this is taking a West Coast IPA and making it more West Coast by showcasing the hops and having a really crispy grain bill. Um, IPLs are widely okay. recognized. So to me, that would say that like uh, India Pale Lager would be a lot of a, a lot of hops, but uh, you know, same lager body. No, I don't know. To me, it, I think it's the same thing. I don't know. Uh, breweries right in. Mountains Walking, I need you to tell me why this isn't an IPL. Yeah, I'm going to keep on reading, so you keep on drinking, and I'll, okay. I'll get back to you. Well, first thing, um, if any of our fans out there are Tyrannosaurus Rex, you are in for quite a treat with this beer. <laughs> because um, you you could like... You could see right through this. There's nothing, nothing you can hide at all here. Um, so you can imagine crisp, crisp, clear, no haze, just a, just a yellow body that you could see right through. Um, smells, smells like a West Coast IPA. That similar, um, more earthy hops aroma. Not a lot of, not a lot of tropical sweetness, juiciness on the nose. I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be my favorite beer, to be honest, based on. What I'm smelling and the marketing I'm hearing about this beer, I've already decided I don't like it. But uh, nonetheless, now a uh, Gallatin Roar called IPA down the hatch. Cheers, guys. So, so this article, this hop culture article, says that an IPA, that cold IPA, is is still brewed like a normal IPA and also with ale yeast, but a combination of lager and ale yeast. And an IPL is just brewed with lager yeast. Okay, um, but both underneath international or underneath uh beer judge certification program fall underneath specialty ipa um so there is no official ipl so i think over you're probably right like back in our day and people in the northeast would know jack's abbey does nothing but lagers um including ipls so i bet you that their ipls are what this company would or what this what the west coast would call a cold ipa because they're yeah. they're supposed to be just a, a cold IPA is supposed to be just as strong as an IPA, while lagers are obviously supposed to be a little bit like lower ABV content. Um, you're not going to find that at Jack's Abbey. They're all they're all boozy. Okay, yeah. Um, I think yeah, I think it's marketing. I think that they realizing that no one wants to buy an indie pale lager, so cold IPA is the way to go. Um, but it's pretty good to be honest. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Um, so last week I had the 
Founders All Day, the red IPA. And I kept talking about how crushable it was, right? And I can't help but go back to that beer review while I'm drinking this because there's a lot of similarities in the fact that, um, again, crushable, but a lot more flavor in the Gallatin Roar than the All Day Red. Um, It's the lager carbonation, I think, has a big contribution to like, it's not as bubbly. Um, think of the carbonation you find in like, you know, an Oktoberfest or whatever, where it's like a lot of times it's, it's less of the big champagne bubbles in the carbonation. And this is, um, it's not flat, but it is definitely easier to drink because of the lack of carbonation. Strong hop on the, uh, on the tongue. It's well-balanced hops. It's not super duper, uh, you know, all seas, Cascade, Chinook, Citra hops um but it's not you know super earthy the other way either it's a good mix of just like standard run-of-the-mill ipa uh hop profile um definitely used a very light malt bill here you mentioned that um when you're reading kind of what what it is really all you can taste on this is the hops you don't you don't get any of that malt it just basically is just the minimal there to support the beer um it's good. Uh, I say crushable in the fact that it's easy to drink, but with how hoppy it is, I think you would have trouble throwing back like a ton of these uh, compared to, you know, a seltzer, you know, a hard seltzer. What's the ABV again? Six and a half. So a little bit of punch there. Yeah. Not, I would say average for, you know, an IPA that's just an IPA. Um, in New England style, it would be light. It'd be low. But for regular IPA, six and a half is about where I expected it to clock in. Um, definitely won't be the last cold IPA I ever drink. Well, it's a, I don't, it's a trend that's sweeping the nation. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to go to the store and be like, oh, tonight I'm really craving a cold IPA. <laughs> It'll be like, I'll see one and be like, oh, I haven't had this beer before. Let me take it home and try it. Um, I don't think that this Gallatin Roar is entering my rotation as you know, a go-to four-pack for me to bring home on a Friday afternoon. Okay. That be So that all being said, um, in line with Todd unnamed brew number seven, number six, whatever, 375. <laughs> um, it's good. I always like trying new new styles, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so what do you say if like 312 other people had it? What do you think they would rate this uh, cold IPA slash IPL? You're not fooling us, beer industry. I think they went with a 395. Um, you are closer than Tud. Okay. 0.09 off, 3.86. So a little bit longer. A little bit. Pretty low. Pretty low. Well, yeah. I was going to, I was thinking about guessing the same as Tud, the 3.91 or what Tud's beer was. <laughs> but uh, should have, could have, should have, would have. Yeah. You know, whatever. On the board. On the board. Though. But okay. We got, we got a lot to get through tonight. Chris, what do you got for us? All right. Here we go. So I am continuing my tour to Maine. Um, I had a main beer last time from my friend, uh, painful plays, uncle Rado. Uh, uh, I have a second one and this one I'm excited about. Uh, this one is from Fogtown brewing company out of Ellsworth, Maine. I've not really heard of this place. Um, it's cause it's so foggy that when you're driving by the, the highway, the, the exit sign, you don't even know. Listen, you better not be able, a T-Rex better not be able to see you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, I don't think so. So this is called night nurse double shift. It's an imperial milk stout with coffee and vanilla. It is 9.4% ABV. So you guys went the the, the light clear route and I went the not that. Um, and uh, I just want to read this because I, I read this and I was like, it immediately made me go, ooh. 
I had my mic off. Um, main, <laughs> main grown organic oats and dark chocolate, dark chocolate malt. Sorry, uh, they put it on two different lines, and my brain just can't keep reading. Uh, vanilla beans, organic cacao nibs, and dark roasted beans from Precipice Coffee. So, ooh, sounds delicious. So let's crack this bad boy. It does sound amazing. Yeah. So, um, if I remember correctly, his brother-in-law works for this brewery. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can give him the rub. You know, put put them on the map. I've never heard of these guys, and I I feel like I've been to Maine to drink beer a lot. I had not heard of them either. Um, now, first off, Dark as Night. Clearly, we'll do the T Rex test, but I think we all know living up to the name. Yeah, I think we all know uh, how this is gonna go. Oh yeah, not even like. <laughs> Not a doubt in your mind. You are so hidden. You may you may accidentally bump into the T Rex on accident. Um, so pouring pouring it, I heard the carbonation, which to me, I don't, I don't I normally don't get a ton of carbonation while pouring a stout. So we'll see how that how that holds up. Uh, the head has dissipated pretty quickly. On the nose, I get a lot of the vanilla because it is a milk stout. It's a milk stout, so we gotta keep that in mind as well. But I get a lot of that like vanilla lactose sweetness smell. So let's see. Let's see how Precipice Coffee holds up in the uh, in, uh, in a beer. Let's let's find out. Here we go. Head head is completely gone. Okay. Oh wow. This is this is good. This is really good. Wow. Um so for something that I thought, based on it being a uh, milk a milk stout and the fact that it had vanilla in there, I was expecting very, very sweet. It does have some right. sweetness in the beginning. But then you do get hit hit very nicely, and you know, props to them. A lot of times when I'm having some of these stouts, I don't get a lot of coffee, even when they say there's coffee in them. Uh, I did take it out early, so it is proper drinking temp for you, uh, you folks out there. Um, but I'm getting a very nice, like roasty coffee taste on the back end, and I'm in love with it. It's so good. Um, it now you didn't pour it over ice. Did not pour over ice. No, this is not an iced coffee. This Would isn't, it be better over ice? This isn't a cold. This isn't a cold stout. Um, <laughs> um, you sure it's or, not an iced tea stout? It, maybe it's an iced coffee stout. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm like I'm uh, like some of these breweries that we've not heard of before. You, you don't know. You don't know the following. And like I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by this, um, having not known anything about them. Um, like the coffee on the back end is so good. It is very good. I was making jokes about precipice coffee coming out, but it really does. It tastes it like it does. It is it is bitter. So like if you if you don't like the coffee bitterness, then maybe not for you. But there is some of that sweetness at the beginning, um, and it just smoothly transitions into this coffee flavor that it leaves you with. And I get some of the I get I get very heavy coffee flavor, which I love, and then um, some of the roasty the roasted malt, the chocolate malts that they're talking about. This beer is very good. I'm I'm. Bogtown, shout out to you. Even though and I'm not just saying that because I'm friends with your someone. <laughs> because you have to shout to see the, the, the find out where the town is. <laughs> yeah. No, no, this is Fogtown. Where are you? Yeah. Fogtown. So um, this is very good. Plus 9.4%. Don't taste it at all. Wow. What? I, I got to say, and I want to know. If I, so sorry to interject no. here, Chris, but I, I got I to gotta jump in. I want to know if our listeners agree with this statement or not. But to me, Chris... You are the best one on this podcast of making me jealous, making me want to drink whatever beer you have. Because when you have a good beer, the way you describe how enjoyable it is, I'm like, 
I immediately want to pour my beer down the drain and half of whatever, some of whatever Chris is drinking. Because what you were saying about like tasting the coffee, I'm like, I am here for that. Even though I was drinking this IPA, I'm like, let me have some of Chris's beer right I'm, now. I'm telling you, like, it's it's very good. I'm very good. And I'm, I'm, you know, having not heard of these folks outside of here's a four pack, here's a mixed four pack that I have. Um, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. Um, geez. I'm trying to figure out where the hell this brewery is. Where the El, yeah, hell is El- Ellsworth? Ellsworth, Maine? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with that part of Maine. The one. The one thing I'll say about it, and it was something I was a little worried about when I poured it, is it's near Bar Harbor. Okay, some bab. Um, the one thing about it that I I, I will say is like I. It doesn't necessarily. It, it's not as smooth as other stouts that I've had. Like you know, like um, it's not abrasive so to say but like it definitely doesn't have like the velvety like mouthfeel that other stouts have okay i was wondering about that because you just said that you couldn't really tell the nine percent so i was wondering how you kind of marry those two mm-hmm. like does it taste boozy no but it doesn't taste smooth well okay so so i mean i mean like when i say smooth i mean like you know how sometimes you're you drink and i you, you're drinking a stout and like the consistency is like motor oil like yeah. that's what i mean by smooth like that the viscosity that, like, yeah, yeah there you yeah. go there you go Versus like this tastes, this tastes like it is carbonated. You know, it tastes like it's, it has a lot of the bubbles. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It, it, it's not bad. It's not, it definitely is not a bad thing. Um, It probably would be better if it were, I don't know. I don't know what the right, what the right word I'm looking for is, but smooth. <laughs> if you had less, less Pringles on your tongue when you drink it. So they've got the same over carbonation problem that like Barreled Souls has then. Yes. Yes. Comparable. Yes. Seemingly from it, from the one beer that I've had, right, right, from the one beer I've had, but yes, comparable. Todd, have you ever like when you took a Barreled Souls beer out of your fridge to let it warm up, like just cracked it open right then and leave it like on the bottle, leave leave it in the bottle, cap off on the counter for like 30, 40 minutes? No, I've never thought about it um, until right now when you said it, but that's probably a good idea because <laughs> like when you get their beer on tap out of their tap room, it doesn't come out that bubbly. So maybe I'm missing something here. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe that's the trick. Like when you go to let it warm up, also let it like aerate a little bit. Let that CO2 release. So it's like a fine um, wine. Yeah, mm-hmm. like let it breathe, you know? Um, it could be. I mean, wine's carbonated. Wine's fermented too. So it's a similar idea. Maybe maybe uh, maybe that's what Barreled Souls needs. Just let it breathe. Hmm. That's not a bad idea. There you go. Well, Bye. I know you have a lot of them. So yeah, you you must That's have true. two identical bottles you can drink like back to back. That's true. I will have to try this. Yeah. So I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, very happy with this beer. Tastes delicious. Um, that's the the only takeaway I'll say from it is the 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 bubbliness, the Pringles. Uh, maybe maybe a tad too Pringly. That being said, and I'm I'm torn on this one because I really do enjoy it. But I think in my heart of hearts, I know it's not quite a four and a half, but I'm going to give it a four two five, a strong four two five. Like I'm, I was going back and forth in my head between the two because this like this is one 4. of 4.4 on the new untapped. Probably. Yeah. 4.4, 4. 4.37. Something, something, that's the super advanced untapped is a 4.37. Oh, yeah. When you get the three eighths, <laughs> the three eighths on the untapped. Um, but uh, it's it's one of the better like coffee beers I've had in a, a, a while. In a while, like up there with the the outer lights and the the ash lawns and all that stuff. So it's 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 very good. I'm 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 that's, a fan. That's high praise. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. What can I say? Maybe maybe it's because I haven't had a good coffee beer in a while. 
Well, out of 342 check-ins who drank Night Nurse Double Shift, what would you guess they rated it as? The most checked-in beer tonight. I know. From the brewery I've heard least about. Um, all right. So I, I like to think this is Maine. We're talking one of the best beer states in the country. I don't care what any list says. Um, I like is to that think... Dora? What's is that? Dora the Explorer? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just fidgeting. It was on my desk. I was fidgeting. With it. Um, I won't ask why. <laughs> but I, go on. I was looking down so I don't give anything away. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? It's private. It's private. Why I have a Dora. Don't ask. Um, that, poor, that poor Dora has seen some shit. <laughs> She's seen some things. Oh, man. Oh, Chris, you're so big. <laughs> oh, no. Can you say grande? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So, anyways, anyways. I don't think I don't think that Untapped is gonna like it quite as much as me. I, I'm I'm fanboying over it over here. Um, but I think it's I it is deserving of uh, a, a good rating. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say, give me the information. Dialing in the four one one. I can't believe you went back straight faced and did that whole last part of that. I'm a professional. <laughs> Kirk Minahan needs me on this show. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> your your point oh nine off. It was four point oh two. Oh wait, four point oh two. Okay, yeah. So we t- we tied. We tied. You tied. Two points on the board. Two points on the board. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, four point oh two. <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay, well, Chris, as the co-winner, yes, I'm going to give you the choice tonight. Do you want to uh, do handles or whatever the play, other one is? <laughs> play a game. Okay, play a game. You actually have a handle this week, though. I know, but now I have one next time. Everybody knows that you should be playing the new Zelda game. Like this isn't news. It won't be uh, news. We're, we're using it up couple. on him right now. Yeah, it won't the be handle news for all of us is the new Zelda game. It won't play Zelda. It, well, okay, that's unofficial handle. <laughs> so I'm still no, going to be playing Zelda um, two weeks from now. <laughs> this is, I guess, this is an AI themed episode because I uh, I wanted to play. I wanted to pit Chris up against Chat GPT in. In a test of knowledge oh God. and creativity Uh-oh. in uh, two of his favorite things. And that's beer and Pokemon. Oh, uh, Jesus. Dora the Explorer okay. and Pokemon was what I was going to say. <laughs> so I asked ChatGPT, which Pokemon inspires which beer? So basically, I give you a Pokemon. You need to give me a beer. And we'll see who does a better job of pairing a beer Two certain Pokemon, okay. you or the machine. Oh, geez. Okay. Now, yeah. was there any other rules other than what you just stated? Like, can I, like, was there an extensive knowledge of 
Never mind. I don't want it to be ruined. I don't listen. I fed Chat GPT 219 episodes <laughs> of a podcast <laughs> to train it on beer knowledge. Okay. Um, no, and and uh, for a bonus round, I I went I went the other way. I gave it a beer and had it tell me a Pokemon. So I feel like that uh, would be that would be interesting. Okay. All right. Let's. I want to. I want to. Okay. Right. Yeah, so let's let's get into it because some of these, I mean, ChatGPT, you'll find out can can talk the talk, but can it walk the walk? With I I want to know. I know I'm 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 curious the depth of their both beer and Pokemon knowledge. Yeah, me too. So that's why I did this, and I want to see <laughs> because I know Chris. If there's one thing Chris knows more about than a computer, it's uh, beer and Pokemon, right? I so I want to see how, so. how he can how he can do this. I mean, we had to use but, the computer to look up what a cold IPA was, so maybe not. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. The computer feeds my brain. The brain so feeds this is the, the computer. And the beer feeds the human. Ooh, oh shit, but not the computer. Yeah, beer will kill <laughs> the computer. <laughs> so this was the prompt I used on ChatGPT. I told it I want to play a game where I come up with a Pokemon and ChatGPT tells me a beer that reminds me of the Pokemon. Okay? Okay. First beer, I, first Pokemon I started off with was Hitmonchan. Um, so, what is what is a beer that reminds you of Hitmonchan? Hmm, Hitmonchan. I feel like I have to give a guess on this one too. After Chris, yeah, I, I, I think I don't, I don't want to exclude Ted from this too. I mean, clearly this is a, a game focused on on Chris's Pokemon knowledge, but all right, where um, I got my where Ted can join in. I want, I want to hear it too. All right, so. I got, I got. I got the left hand milk stout. I'm gonna okay. S- I'm gonna say Sapporo. I think Chat P- GPT went a little bit Asian on this one. Oh, I didn't even think about going Asian. Well, most Pokemon are Asian, but I guess Hitmonchan is uh, from Jackie Chan, right? So that's where the Sapporo comes from. Yep. Where does the left hand milk stout come? What's that all about? Hitmonchan's a punchy boy. I was trying. Is to- he a left? And he's a lefty. I mean, probably. He's a pun- he's, he's a punchy. Ambi- I was trying to think. Ambi punchress. I was trying to think of a, a, a beer. That referred to fists and or hand was the only thing that came to mind. So. Yeah, there we go. I like it. Um, okay, so this is what ChatGPT said. It said, Hitmonchan is a fighting type Pokemon known for its swift punches and agility. For Hitmonchan, I would suggest a beer with a similarly punchy and crisp flavor profile, such as an American Pale Ale. APAs typically have a strong hot presence that can provide a sharp, bitter bite, which I think could match the swift and precise punches of Hitmonchan. Some good examples would include Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Dale's Pale Ale, or Zombie Dust. I feel like Chap GPD is going to kick my ass. But now I know the level of thought he's putting behind this. Right. I mean, you, he was just like, how about pale ales? Like, you right. Know, true. You came up with a real beer. I mean, he I listed think you three. Both, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> he went above and beyond. Good, good, good play, Chat GPT. Yeah. Okay. Next Pokemon, Muck. Snake Venom. That's what I'm going with. I'm going to go with... I'm going to say it's it's very thick and uh, s- slimy. But I'm going to go with thick. So I'm going to say stout, like a milk stout. I'm going to go left-handed milk stout on this one. I'm going to take Chris's <laughs> answer from last time. Okay, what is snake venom? I'm not familiar with that snake one. Snake venom is the strongest beer in the world. Or at least it was at one point. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay, well, it's like 51% it's alcohol. 67.5% alcohol. Oh, my God. So... It's by I like that Brewmeister Brew something. It's out, it's only brewed in Germany, but like the so umlauts over the U. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's see. Let's hear what Jet GPTS say. It says that uh, for the Pokemon Muck, I would suggest a beer that has a strong, pungent aroma, just like the Pokemon itself. 
Muck is a poison-type Pokemon that emits a foul stench, so I think a beer with a strong and funky aroma would be a good match. One style of beer that comes to mind is a Belgian Saison. These beers often have a unique blend of fruity, spicy, and earthy flavors, and their yeasty aroma can sometimes be described as funky or even barnyard-like. The Saison DuPont is a classic example of a style with a distinctive aroma that may remind you of the stinky yet lovable muck. Mm. Um, I think you both win this round. <laughs> Yeah, I I think ChatGPT was wrong on that one. Yeah, I was I was definitely like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like saison, so I'm like, but I don't know, muck. I was like, poison. I didn't I didn't think about the yeah. smell. I didn't think about the smell. But. Now, uh, to illustrate the point, I asked it. Then I said, if it uh, reminds you of muck, what beer reminds you of Grimer? And then it came up with uh, like a Russian Imperial Stout by you know the uh, North Coast. Oh yeah, or Yeti Imperial Stout. And then I said like, hey. Why are your answers for Grimer and Muck so different? And he said, "Yeah, you were right. Muck isn't really a Belgian stout." So, he's... <laughs> okay. All right. So knowing all of that, I went with um, one of Chris's family's favorite Pokemon's, and that is Charizard. Ooh. Oh man. Hmm. I have two. I'm trying to think of something that's spicy. I can only think of one, but I know Chap GPT is not going to. It's not going to be the same one. Um, well, maybe that's your advantage. Maybe it's very true. Very true. Um, so I was trying to think as like something that is strong and packs some heat because that's what Charizard is. The only thing I can think of off the top of my head is from Fat Orange Cat Jalapeno Jack. That's the beer I was thinking of too. Yeah, that's the only one I could. Th- I'm try- I was trying to think of something else without with like. Hella, like some kind of spice in it. Um, Fire coral by Tox. Yep. Yeah. Something like. Yeah. That's that's true. I don't know if I had. No. Did you send me one? I can't remember if I had that one or not. Your mom brought you one. You had. Oh it on the yeah 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 yeah. Yep 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 yep. You're right. You're right. Um. What a good co-host. He even knows who got you the. Beer. I know, right? Look at that. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna stick with jalapeno jack. That was that was the first one that came to mind. That was the one I was thinking of too. I'm like, whatever the jalapeno beer from FOC is. Yeah. So. I don't think ChatGPT is is going to know that particular beer. So I think it's no. going to go a little bit. I think it's going to go a little bit off the wall. I think it's either going to do really strong and um, bitey, something with like a lot of bitters and super strong, so maybe like a double West Coast style IPA. But I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I'm going to say Imperial Red because it's red. Okay. It's a red type Pokemon. Oh, okay. Imperial High ABV would also pack a punch. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I, and uh, I don't. I can't think of any. Good Imperial Reds off the top I'll of my go head. A, I'll go with Kawado by Labyrinth. Okay. See, this is where it's fair to say now, I think we could assume that we know more about beer than ChatGPT because we are all like, ChatGPT would never get those. Right. Would never guess those ones, right? Right. And Tud, you were right on the money because this is, this is I'm going to read the response to you. That Charizard is another fire-type Pokemon that has become an iconic symbol of the Pokemon franchise. It is known for its fearsome appearance, its ability to breathe fire, and its formidable power in battle. To pair with the power and intensity of Charizard, I would recommend a beer that is also known for its bold and strong character, such as a double IPA. There you go. Um, Some good example of double IPAs, Pliny the Elder, Hop Slam, or uh, Double Jack by Firestone Walker. There you go. I was, I did think of Firestone Walker because they have the Leo versus Ursus, but like, like that's that whole series, but I'm like, well, that's lion and bear that's <laughs> that's not that's not yeah dragon. you know fighting animals yeah fighting it yeah exactly 
Okay, and this is the bonus one before we go on to the reverse. Okay. Um, this is what I said. I wanted to really push this. This is why it's a bonus round, okay? This is, um, I, I told it, I'm going to give you an obscure Pokemon. I want you to give me obscure beer. Okay. Okay? Right. So you might not know this one, Todd, but again, it's part of the game. I said Arctovish. Hang on. I, how do you spell this? A-R-C-T-O-V-I-S-H. What the fuck kind of Pokemon is this? All right. All right. All right. Hold on. Um, it's a water type. I'm trying to think of something. I'm trying to think of like a, a good like collaboration beer. Um, because Arctivish, like all those fossils in Gen 8, like Gen 8 fossils are two different fossils fused together. Like it's like a fish and a dragon or uh, something. It's it's. They're very weird. Do you know the typing of Arctivish? Is it is it water dragon? Ice water. Ice water. Oh, it is ice water. Okay. Um. Oh, that makes sense. I've got my yeah. I've got my guess. Uh, ice water. Ice. <gasps> Damn, I am at a loss right now. I can't think of anything. Um, something obscure. You can always you can always say the server's too busy right now. Ask again later. <laughs> is that is that one he gave a lot? <laughs> no, oh. but you know I'm giving you the out. What's your answer, Ted? I'm going to go Ice Beer. I'm going to specifically go Eisenbach. Oh, I like that one. Okay, that's good. That's good. Ice and water. That's what mm. I was thinking. Um, I was thinking of uh, Narwhal from Sierra oh, Nevada. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. That's a good um, one. But this is, this is what, uh, what GPT said, that uh, Arctivish is a unique ice water type Pokemon. It has a distinctive appearance with a fish-like body and a head that resembles a block of ice. To pair with Arctivish, I would recommend a beer that has also has unique and distinctive flavor pot profile, such as a Gosa. Okay. Gosa is a type of German sour beer that's brewed with coriander and salt, giving it a slightly tart and salty flavor. The tartness and briny flavor of Gosa can complement the icy and aquatic nature of Arctivish, and the addition of coriander can add a touch of complexity to the pairing. Some good examples of Gosa that would pair well with Arctivish include the Westbrook Gosa by Westbrook Brewing, the Gosa by Lost Nation Brewing, or Sequench Ale by Dogfish Head. Okay. I think um, it beat Chris, that's yeah. for sure, on that one. But I think Todd and I beat ChatGPT that round yeah. with uh, the Narwhal and the Ice Icebach. I think Icebach ice um, is definitely obscure, though. You know, like Narwhal, Narwhal yeah. too, but I like, yeah. I like that. That's... I thought for okay. sure that that was going to be what it would say because, like, nobody talks about ice beers ever. That's very right. obscure. Yeah. So, you guys ready for the reverse? Yes. We get we give it a beer, and um, ChatGPT gives us the Pokemon. I got to pull up a list of Pokemon. Hang on. Let's see if ChatGPT is one of the thirty-seven other people that drank Tud's beer. <laughs> okay. First one I came up with was Ghost in the Machine Double IPA. By uh, Parish. All right. I am going to guess. I'm assuming all Pokemon are in play. Um, I don't see why not. Okay. I didn't tell I didn't tell JadGPT to limit the results to uh, certain generations. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 I am going to say that it is Aegislash. Ooh. I like Aegislash. I like Aegislash too. I'm going to go with either. I don't know how to pronounce this Pokemon's name, but I'm going to take a guess at it. Rodham. Oh, Rotom's a good guess. Rotom or Sableye, but I'm gonna Rotom. No, Rotom. Rotom is probably I'll, right. Yeah, I'll go with Rotom. That's a good guess. And why is now, Chris? Why is Rotom such a good guess? You gotta tell the audience. Right. So Rotom, 
in the games, in the games, Rotom number one uh, often will power up many different things in uh, in in the games, like your Pokedex and your bicycle in uh, in Sword and Shield. Not only that, but Rotom also has six different forms. So depending on what typing you want your Rotom, he could be a lawnmower or a refrigerator or a fan or a cup. I can't remember the rest of them, but. Um, yeah, so Rotom is probably what Chat GPT is. It's the best answer, what Chris thinks. I, 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 it's better than it's better than my guess, which was Aegis Slash. So, well, Chat GPT says uh, Gengar because Gengar oh. is a ghost poison type Pokemon known for its mischievous and ghostly nature. No. But just like the Beerus name suggests, Gengar is associated with the supernatural and has the ability to disappear and haunt its opponents. Um, the name has an enigmatic and mysterious quality to it, much like Gengar's presence in the Pokemon world. Both Gengar and the beer have a strong and potent character that can catch you off guard with their intensity. I literally typed in mach- ghost machine Pokemon. No. And that's Ro- how it came with, with Rotom. No, Rotom is correct. Okay, you ready, ready for the next beer? Mm-hmm. Celebration from Sierra Nevada. Celebi. <laughs> uh, just by name. <laughs> I'm going to say... I, I really want... I, at first, I was going to say Chansey, because I feel like Chansey's a happy Pokemon. But I'm going to go Jigglypuff. It's a singer. I think that'll work out pretty well for me. ChatGPT said, for celebration, uh, reminds me of the Pokemon Decidueye. Decidueye is a grass, ghost-type Pokemon known for its elegance and sharpshooting skills. It possesses a unique ability to fire arrows silently from the shadows, much like the flavor and aroma of celebration that can hit you with a burst of hoppy goodness. The beer's name, Celebration, evokes a sense of festivity and excitement, which aligns with Decidueye's graceful and captivating nature. Both Decidueye and the beer have a balance of intensity and finesse that makes them stand out in their respective domains. I disagree with ChatGPT on this one. I think it's a little bit of bullshit there, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I've yeah. never even heard of the Pokemon, so... Both sure. of your answers were pretty good. <laughs> Mine was just um, by name, yeah. But, yeah, ChatGPT... That was yeah, that was BS. That was that one I don't like. Okay, last last one, Bourbon County Stout. I'm going with I'm going with because it is one of the OG releases, like you know, year after year releases, like just one that everybody loves year after year. It's strong, right? Very, it's always very strong, always a fan favorite. I'm gonna say it's Mewtwo. I like that answer. I gotta say this is one of my favorite answers so far. ChatGPT has oh, had oh. for the the this reverse game. The I give you a beer, you give me a Pokemon. This one is my favorite so far. Okay. So this one I feel like would be a really good answer for Muck. Um, but I don't think ChatGPT. I don't think ChatGPT reused the same Pokemon. So I'm gonna say Grimmsnarl because it's it's a dark Pokemon, but it's also fairy. Uh, you know, fairies are kind of people things people seek out. So uh, people do seek out Bourbon County. So I would I'm gonna say Grimmsnarl. Spinda. No, it's just a bunch of different patterns and stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so ChatGPT has came up with the answer of Tyranitar. Okay, dark type. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. is a powerful rock dark type Pokemon known for its immense strength and intimidating presence. It has a rugged and rocky exterior, much like the robust and bold character of Bourbon County Stout. Um, the beer is aged in blah, 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 evokes images of strength and depth, similar to Tyranitar's imposing stature and its ability to cause geological upheavals. Both Tyranitar and Bourbon County Stout command attention and last, leave a lasting impression with their powerful and intense qualities. That is a good this one. It's pretty good. I like that one. That's a good one. 
Yeah. Hmm. Um, so were, were there any other beers that I should try from tonight? All right. Can we, I don't, I, I want to see, cause I thought for sure you were going to throw Pikachu in there somewhere. Okay. And, so you want me to type in Pikachu and like, I don't know. Cause like, I know what my answer would be, but it's not for like any good reason. So, well, no, it is a good reason, but it's not based on the fact that it's an electric mouse type Pokemon. <laughs> I'm going to, I would, I would guess Julius would be. Oh, see what it would guess. See, I was gonna say something like Bud Light, like because it's yeah the, the the main the main the the main. There's a lot the main better one. ones out there, but if you only know one, this is the one you know. Yeah, exactly. That's the uh, first thing came to my mind too. Yeah. Um, but for an electric rat, um, I think like Sam Summer might be my guess. Might be my pairing. Uh, let's see what ChatGPT has to say. What he would pair with Pikachu. I'm gonna say it's gonna say it's gonna say New England IPA, most popular style. Mm. No, it says that it would suggest a vibrant, refreshing, and beer with wide appeal, much like Pikachu itself. For Pikachu, I'd recommend a crisp and effervescent beer, like style like a wheat beer or a Hefeweizen. These beers are often known for their light and refreshing character flavors that can range from fruity to slightly spicy. These are popular choices among a wide range of beer enthusiasts, just like Pikachu is a popular choice among Pokemon fans of all ages. Uh, like a Franciscaner, a Paul Honor, or a Schneider Weiss. These beers offer a delightful balance of flavors and a lively effervescence that can mirror Pikachu's energetic and cheerful demeanor. I mean, I guess if you're thinking worldwide, that that counts. I mean, that's you know, Germany's a massive beer drinking company mm. or co- company, massive beer drinking <laughs> country, and uh, Germany that's, that's their beer style. So. I think we're better at coming up with the Pokemon, but ChatGPT is better at coming up with the logic for why it's is better. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's, it's a better bullshit artist when it's like, oh, no, you mean a Paul Honor uh, Hefeweizen, right? Um, no, I think, I think, uh, I don't know, but like, other than the fact that it's just the most popular, but I liked, I liked our other answers too. Yeah. Well, there we go. We should close it out. I think we should close it out here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, thank you all for listening. We thank the breweries who provided today's beers. I will thank Fat Orange Cat for their whiskers on kittens, and I will also thank 12% for providing me the mixed four-pack at the Rising Pint this past Saturday. I would like to thank Painful Plays and uh, Fogtown Brewing for their very delicious Night Nurse Double Shift. I want to thank Mountains Walking for their Gallatin Roar and introducing me to the Cold IPA. Please make sure you head over to social media and follow us everywhere at DAWF Podcast. Also make sure you hashtag follow the email at DAWFpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to join the live conversation, head over to Discord and join the conversation with a whole bunch of our fans over there. And if you want to support the podcast monetarily, head over to Patreon and for... Yeah, as little money as you want to give or as much money as you want to give us, you can do that and you get uh, some bonus episodes of the podcast over on Patreon.com. Also, if you want to help out and, and you don't want to give us any money, feel free to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a five-star rating and a review. Or if you know somebody who's also a beer enthusiast or likes to just laugh, um, tell them about this podcast. Both you guys, I'm sure, will be very happy with it. And then maybe they'll tell more people. And that really is the best way to spread the word of the podcast. And with that, thank you for listening. My name's Todd. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. So, uh, ChatGPT would pair whiskers on kittens with Meowstic. Okay. Um, yeah. I would have guessed Meowlith. Uh, yeah, Meow. Yeah. Meow. Meow. <laughs>
Yeah. It says the ghost style often has a tart and slightly salty taste, which can be seen as a reflection of Meowstic's psychic abilities and its mysterious demeanor. I'm going to do how about uh, Gallatin or Cold IPA. And if it doesn't come back with a Gyarados, man, I don't know what's wrong with what's, this stupid program. What's a, what's a water ice Pokemon? Um, Lapras. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Instead, it comes up with Arcanine. Uh, I think it really missed the mark here. This is the cold IPA style typically showcases hot forward flavors with a crispy, refreshing character. It resonates with Arcanine's fiery nature. I don't know. There's so many better Pokemon.